Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sarah Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson. I'm here with Ayumi Shinozaki, aka Matchuka Girl Ayu. She's a writer, translator, artist, and host of Sparkle Side Chats, a podcast about magical girls featuring the voices of people who love them. I'll also be on the show later this year, so definitely check the podcast out. And I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. Hey, Ayu. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to be here as well. Hmm. Yeah. Welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club. <laughs> um, yes. So the first question I like to ask everyone is, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Yeah. Um, so this is actually kind of a difficult question for me to answer because I was um, two years old when Sailor Moon first debuted in Japan. And from what I know from my parents, I was already watching it at that time, but I have like no memories of when I was two. So uh, basically, uh, for as literally as long as I can remember, I've been watching the show. So <laughs> um, I don't have any like, I really don't have any distinct memories after that. Uh, I don't even know because I moved to the US when I was four. And I, I have no idea how I ended up watching it at that time. But I know that <clears throat> I know that as soon as it was available to watch in English, I also watched it then. And um, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I um, did not. That's super cool. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like you're way too young. When's the first time you like, uh, I guess, realize you were a fan maybe where it's like, oh, like I'm actively like seeking this out and like watching it. Oh gosh, I don't even know. Like it, it was just kind of a constant thing. It was, it was very important to my early childhood development. So, like, <laughs> love that. It, yeah, it was just like a constant. Like it was everywhere. So I didn't even think about it. Like my, um, my parents, especially my mother, were very insistent on buying as much Sailor Moon stuff as they could from Japan. Um, also Pokemon because that was also really popular at the time in the U.S as it was becoming popular in Japan. But um, so even though I lived in the U.S., most of my Sailor Moon merch was still Japanese. Um, they, it, I guess it was mostly because they wanted to make sure I could still use Japanese. <laughs> mm, yeah, I can see that. It's like, let me like give you a piece of something you're interested in to kind of keep you like as a part of the culture, I guess. So you're not, don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, like my mm-hmm. my earliest, uh, my, my I don't know if it's my first toy, but the toy that I remember getting like earliest is a Sailor Moon. Uh, it looks almost like a like an electronic briefcase. It's very small, but it had uh, it was like a, a whole robotic thing that had her voice in it, and it uh, when you opened it up, it showed all of the um, <clears throat> the simple Japanese kana hiragana. Um, and you could press the buttons to have her say things. So like if you pressed ah, she would say ah, and then you could do a playback. And so that's how I practiced <laughs> Japanese. And I was like probably five or six. That's awesome. That's so cool. I like am so jealous that you had like Japanese uh, <laughs> toys. <laughs> it was, uh, I think, I mean, there was a lot in the US, but I, I imagine it probably wasn't nearly as much. And definitely, you know, some exclusives as well. Um, that's super cool. Uh, do you have any favorite episodes or moments in the show? 
Hmm, that's also a difficult question. I mean, yeah, I guess like I'm still kind of in the middle of revisiting it now. Like I sometimes have episodes about Sailor Moon on Sparkle Side Chat, so then I'm like rewatching episodes. And I've also never read the comics, so I can't speak to those. But I think that, um, I mean, there's so much about Sailor Moon in general that was always so important for me as a kid. The main thing being that it was about a group of friends, and that was something I didn't have at my school. And then um, the other, I guess the other major thing about Sailor Moon was that... um, Sailor Moon was a story about a girl who was reborn, you know, uh, like she has an earth form, but she actually also is Princess Serenity and has a different mother because of that. And that was very, um, I guess it, it, it didn't really occur to me until recently. Like that was actually very important for me <laughs> because I didn't want to be connected to my own mother in the same way. Um, I wanted a different mom, I guess. Mm, wow. Yeah. I could definitely see how, like, if you have, like, a a, a relationship with your mom or, or if you have, you know, a mom that you don't really particularly like, um, how that could resonate for sure. And Buddha, your your mm. former classmates, like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was severely bullied in elementary school. Like, I'm fine now, right? I'm 30 years old. I have gone to therapy, mm-hmm. but I... Um, I had a lot of bullying, especially in particular, I was bullied for being Japanese because there really, well, there weren't any other Japanese girls at my school. There were only like two or three other Japanese boys and one of them was my brother, mm-hmm. so it didn't really count. Yeah. And he was very Americanized because he was two years old when we moved here. But um, yeah, it was, <clears throat> it, I mean, obviously yeah, at the time it was really rough and then I didn't have the support I needed at home as much as I yeah, as much as I needed, I didn't have it. That's very, you know, I have a complicated relationship with my mom also. But yeah, just having, seeing, you know, this Japanese story about a group of girls was very, very important to me for that reason. It was like everything that I wish I had. So, yeah. 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 Well, again, I say booty your classmates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could definitely, I think that's one of the things that, um, I also love about Sailor Moon is that that friendship aspect and like that found family. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just so important and I, I wish more shows had it because it's just so it, it's so hard. It makes me so happy to watch and it's something good to have. Um, do you have a favorite Sailor Scout or Senshi? Um, So it kind of always has depended. Uh, but like as a kid definitely sailor mercury was my favorite like Mm. she was interested in science and computers and i wanted to be just like that um and i loved i loved her little i loved her little computer um also (laughs) when uh gosh when um when people when americans couldn't pronounce my name they would call me amy like usually not even asking if it was okay oh wow yeah well that sounds like americans (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so they would be like, oh, yeah, uh, your name is too difficult. I'm just going to call you Amy. But because Amy was also Sailor Mercury's name in English, it made it more OK, which is maybe not great in hindsight. But <laughs> we all need our coping mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I, I, that would make it a little bit better, but not yeah, Not better for you to deal with. Not better for them to do it. But 
exactly. Yeah. Who is he you say is your favorite now? You said it switches. Yeah, like I guess because um, it depends on the iteration. So like after watching the live action series, I became very interested in Sailor Jupiter in particular because her um well she's shown to have a lot of like quote-unquote girly hobbies and one of those would be um knitting right because there's like a whole episode with her um knitting a scarf and then giving it to motoki and suddenly there was like this new ship that i was obsessed with but um that's also one of my hobbies and so since i was getting into that about the same time that i was watching that series i uh kind of really connected more to jupiter at that time and her balance of yeah uh, masculine and feminine uh, ideas, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. these days, I kind of, I mean, kind of similar to my own podcast. I guess I love that there are so many, you know, unique aspects to every girl. So I have, I have a, a kind of love for all of them at this point. I think. Yeah, that's been me more nowadays. I mean, Usagi's my my favorite because she's the one I d- identify with the most, along with like I still like I love Sailor Jupiter as well. I love um, Sailor Pluto and Neptune, uh, but it definitely like the more I rewatch it and the more I revisit the series, I really um, just see so much value in each of the characters. Like you said, like they each are so distinct and and just have so many good qualities about them where it's like, oh, I actually like really like this aspect of this character and this aspect of this character. And it's, they're such a good ensemble group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I have to ask you, since you live in Japan, um, have you been to Azabu Juban? Yeah, um, not really, because I don't live in Tokyo. So Got it. I don't, especially now, I, I haven't been to Tokyo in like two years but um, to- yeah, going to Tokyo is very, very rare for me because I live about two hours from it, um, but it's kind of pricey to even just to go there. So uh, I have to like have a really good reason. <laughs> um, so I most of the time I, I don't go in there. But yeah, I haven't been, though um, there was, uh, I think the, the first year that I moved back, there was a Sailor Moon exhibit in uh Rapungi Hills and I was able to go to that and that was really cool. Um but yeah, I haven't just generally done a lot of Sailor Moon stuff more recently, I think. Gotcha, yeah. That exhibit sounds really cool. And yeah, that makes sense. If it's two hours, that's that's a commitment. <laughs> so I totally get that. Yeah. I um yeah, it was really cool though. I did end up going when I went to Japan and it was it was it's really um fun to like be able to visit places you've seen in a show and it's like oh man this is where like so-and-so was even if like even especially like an animated show I feel like that is just I don't know something I don't know you don't always get it especially with American animation like they don't base everything on like actual places so it was really cool to be like oh this is like where Sailor Moon was and like this is where she met up with Sailor Mercury and I was (laughs) like oh my god this is the statue that you see in the show (laughs) Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. well highly yeah. recommend it if you ever um get a chance. But yeah, it seems like you got it. You got it down <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we kind of touched on this, like, you know, with your show, um, you don't talk just about Sailor when you talk about all magical girls um shows. Um, what made you want to start Sparkle Side Chats? Well, I guess the main thing was that, you know, I've always been really interested in podcasting, like 
I remember, I think I found like early, like things I wrote in like 2012 about how I was going to start a podcast next year. Of course, that didn't happen until uh, the pandemic made it easier, I guess. But the, yeah. um, the, I guess the, um, the main reason was just that like, you know, there are podcasts like this one that are focused on one particular show, but, you know, there are so many magical girls out there and I love all of them. So I just wanted to be able to celebrate that. Um, and, and again, like, because as a kid, I was consuming not just Sailor Moon, but like most of my media was a very solitary thing. Like, you know, I used to read tons of books and that's extremely solitary, but like even just watching shows and stuff, I didn't really start to like do that with people until maybe eighth grade. So I just really was wanting to connect to uh, Sailor Moon fans or fans of any other shows I like or books I liked. And like, I didn't even know the word Moonies until I was in my 20s. I had never heard it before. And I think by, by that time, it was definitely a very established like fandom word in English. But like, it just, it was something where I just kind of was caught by surprise because there is not, I don't know, it's just very hard to like, connect to other people even online like just also like just because someone likes the same thing you do doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna always like um have I guess be on the same page about everything else so um I have in the past done other stuff with um magical girl fandom that went very very Mm -hmm. bad to the point like I needed therapy about it so (laughs) um so like I unfortunately saw like the dark side of fandom really quickly and um I wanted to make a space where I could celebrate how great magical girls are and like of course there are you know bad things even Sailor Moon has problematic aspects and we do talk about them you know when when they come up but for the most part it's like well if you don't like this other show we're just not going to talk about it with you we'll talk with someone else who loves that show and, you know, just try to find it. My, my goal has been to like, you know, even for a show I've never seen before, I want to find someone who has been like watching it or like they somehow accidentally found like a VHS in the corner of a store somewhere um, or something like that. Like, I love those stories. And I love hearing about like, you know, especially also talking to creators, which is another thing we do every four weeks um, is like hearing the the just the weird wild ways people get into a magical girl series and you know obviously sailor moon is a big one for a lot of people um because that was kind of the boom especially in the u.s because um like other other countries were already importing magical girls long before then but um yeah it was everything was kind of like blowing up in the 90s and um yeah it just like was always so fascinating to hear these stories and I just generally, I genuinely wanted to hear all these stories from others. And I wanted to also kind of just find an excuse to watch all these shows that I hadn't watched yet, you know? Yeah, I think that is so true. It's the same for me with like starting this podcast, like wanting that space. And you're right, like fandoms can get very like judgy and like gatekeepy and just weird. And it's like, why can't we all just like love this thing and have fun? Like what? why are you being so mean um but shout out to therapy therapy is great um yes yeah 
but yeah, I, I really love the the concept and I think it's really cool and I'm excited to join the podcast and, and record our episode on a magical girl spec yeah. ops, Asuka. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's very interesting so mm-hmm. far, so it's gonna definitely be a very a very unique conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I've been really loving just like all these different uh like subgenres or um different uh interpretations people are like bringing from the magical girl genre. And, you know, yeah, like Madoka, mm-hmm. of course, and um, with like Magical Spec Ops, like such a cool concept to like bring uh, Magic Girls with like add this like military aspect to it. So it's just, I, I'm, I've been really uh, interested in like different things, different uh, subgenres of Magical Girls lately. And that's been really fun. Yeah, it's really interesting to see that I've noticed, I mean, I think that. Um, Madoka in particular, for some reason, really hit a lot of people who hadn't been watching Magical Girls for a while. And I think that the same thing, I think it's, well, even more recently, like when it comes to things that are, you know, trying to talk about the genre or like, um, what's the word? Uh, I guess even like parody the Mm, genre, like Magical Girl Friendship Squad. Um, they generally tend to focus on Sailor Moon because that's what most people mm-hmm. know. But like Sailor Moon is 30 years old and Magical Girls kept going on after, yeah. you know, like there have just been so many, so many like, well, I don't want to say improvements, but like it's evolved. Yeah. You know? um, so like, you know, for example, in the 2000s, that was really the boom of like Magical Girls that are not for girls and you know like we had lyrical nanoha which is still one of the most buck wild series in terms of like origin because it was a spin-off of a porn game and <laughs> now it is like this super huge like like has a very big like queer fandom as well in it um and it's it, it's just like still going there's still spin-offs and it's it is just this interesting epic meta series um and that one also has a similar reaction like lyrical nanoha also led to madoka but like nanoha is also in one where people are like oh it's not it's not your kids magical girls it's different they're cool and they they go through real stuff and it's like real or whatever but it's like mm, i mean all the stuff for kids is also it gets dark too so i don't know like i guess it's very interesting because um one thing that comes up a lot is like especially for kids shows but even for the other ones like there's a difference between the vibe of the show and like the literal narrative of the show and um you know what that vibe is can be seem very different depending on how it's presented to you so like for example in the u.s card captor sakura was rebranded as card captors to be more like it's for kids not just for Mm -hmm. girls and because of that branding i wasn't interested oh wow i could see that i was like oh Mm -hmm. it's like yeah it's like oh this is just this is about kids stuff like this is like you know like pokemon or whatever like there's clearly a boy very present in the opening in this you know like the song was pretty cool in english Mm -hmm. but like i had no interest in watching this show because it was like a mixed show i wanted to see a show about just girls and it's like oh it turns out it was a show about just a girl but like they didn't brand it that way so I didn't care anymore you're making me wonder if that's the reason why I didn't get into it much when I was younger I ended up watching it later and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that was why something it just didn't grab me and like looking back I'm like why was that because like I love Sailor Moon 
at the time. And it's like, this show should have been a easy, like, another show for me to watch. But I'm wondering if that was it. Like, because I didn't really get into Pokemon either at the time. And I'm wondering if it was just like, eh, this doesn't really seem for me. This isn't like what I like right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I got to think about that. Yeah. Make a good point. <laughs> yeah. Branding is really everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's it. And um, even like just the opening theme song, the way that they changed it like that, it's, it was enough to have that change in the expectation of the series, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, and L- Lyrical Nanona has been on my list for a while. I did not know it came from a porn game, though, and I'm just like, that's hilarious. And now I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's really wild because, yeah, the, the main guy behind it, um, Shinbo, he he made, uh, even before that game series, before he joined that game series, um, he made, like, some of the wildest, like, oh, my God, this porn should not exist kind of porn. Like, please go to jail kind of porn. Mm. And then ended up making this, like, cute magical girl series. I mean, there are definitely, like, it's something where you have to keep that origin in mind when you're watching the series. Because, like, honestly, there are kind of panty shots of this kid. And it's like, she's really a kid. It's like, you could almost excuse it if it's a teenager, but even then not really. But, like, the the fact that it's, like, an elementary school student whose panties I'm seeing it's like please this is really bad but you know it like gets better and um yeah and then it's like well that guy also went on to help create Madoka and it's like Madoka is a completely different series and there are no panty shots in that series so it's like what happened (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's hard sometimes uh watching these shows because it's like oh like i enjoy the show but like oh my god why do you keep why are you doing this like this is so cringy and like horrible mm-hmm. it's 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 a balance balancing act um <laughs> but yeah but you're so yeah. right too like going back to that branding like i think even with a show like sailor moon i feel that people um they see it as like oh it's a super girly and it's like you know pink and like all these things which it is and that's i love it but it's also like there's some darkness in Sailor Moon. Like there's some really dark um, scenes and like storylines, and that I think people don't always recognize just because it's like so much more. Like the aesthetic is pretty, um, right? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just I love it. So actually, makes me say next question though. What are some of your favorite Matchbook Girls series? Hmm, that's really hard. Like, there's so, I mean, I really, truly do love, like, every yeah. girl series I've watched, at mm-hmm. least a little bit. Um, but, like, in terms of things that were important to me in my childhood and, like, have, like, uh, I guess a strong impact on me even now, I would say that a lot of the ones for kids in the 2000s were really big. So, um, Tokyo Mew Mew was big for me as well as uh, Mermaid Melody Peachy Peachy Pitch because I am obsessed with mm. mermaids and um, also singing even though I was well, I still am not a good singer um, right. and then I guess another one um, another big one for me I would say is um, yeah I, I guess well Sugar Sugar Rune as well um, Moyoko Anno, the artist for that comic, is one of my favorite comic artists. Um, and then I also really love uh, Precure, which started in 2004 and is still going today. It is 
um it is currently like the series for kids <laughs> when it comes yeah, to magic. I really need to watch Precure. I remember when I went to Japan, it was like everywhere. <laughs> I was like, what is this show? I didn't know yeah. it was this popular. And I, I need to I need to watch yeah. it because it's, it's been getting even more popular. I think this year I've been seeing it a lot more. I think maybe they had some new stuff come out probably. Or something. That would happen. Um, I think the main reason why you might see the popularity increase is the fact that this year was the first season that was simulcast in um, in English from the beginning. Because oh, yeah. they, they started yeah, doing it last year, it. like during the middle of the, the pandemic and the hiatus. Um, like mid-season, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to start simulcasting um, Healing Good Precure, which is what was airing last year. But they didn't bother to like put the original... I think it was like 10 or 11 episodes until later on in the year. So it was like the only people that were watching the simulcast were people that had been illegally watching it at the beginning of the year um, before it got put into this like legal platform. And um, so this season, like everyone could legally start from the beginning. So I think that was the main reason why it's also a very, it's a very good season this year. So I do recommend it, but um this generally Precure is such a fascinating magical girl series because it um, it has origins in Sentai and Dragon Ball, which is a very different origin from most other. I mean, yeah. obviously, like Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball were happening at the same time, but the mm-hmm. director of Dragon Ball directed the first season of Precure, of Tariwa Precure, which wow. you can watch on uh, Crunchyroll. And the, the theme of that first season was Girls Want a Rampage 2, and it's like... Yes, and it's so the fighting is a lot heavier, <clears throat> um, like, it, and the the transformation sequences at the beginning were pretty similar to most other series. They're pretty passive, but um, by like, I want to say yeah, by the fifth season they really uh, start to amp up, and now the transformation sequences for Precure are this like beyond and. Like, I just, even, even if you just watch the transformations, like, they're always like, wow, this is so cool. And it's, um, yeah, they're really stunning. That just blew my mind. I did not realize that one of the directors of Dragon Ball, like, directed Precure, like, Magic with Girl series. Like, I I need to see how that looks, because that sounds epic. And I love, like, Girls Want to Rampage, too, because it's true. I want to rampage all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the original one is it's mm-hmm. very solid still mm-hmm. um yeah you can watch it uh there is an english dub i don't know how accessible that is but the subtitled version you can watch on crunchyroll right now nice so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> any particular season i should start at should i just start from the beginning um honestly mm-hmm. i would say the best thing is watch the openings like there are so many like youtube videos that are compilations of all the openings mm-hmm. Uh, watch the openings see which seasons speak to you and watch those so currently on uh, Crunchyroll they only have a handful of seasons like this is a series that's 18 seasons long at this point um, and they only have like five seasons right now so uh, you can watch the original Fudariwa Precure then you can watch uh, Kira Kira Precure a la Mode which if you're a Moonie you'll really appreciate because there are two girls in that season that are literally inspired by um Haruka and Michiru and then um yeah (laughs) um and also the comics have not been translated yet but in the comics they're like even more canonically like like they get married in the when they're older um yeah (laughs) um 
And then they also have, after that, they have uh, Healing Good Precure, which was last year's season, and then Tropical Rouge Precure this season. So, like, it's not much, but, um, you know, I do, like, I really want more people to be able to get Precure. So, like, I try to push those seasons. Like, those are all very good seasons. Um, Healing Good Precure is a little bit shorter because of the pandemic, um, but... And I, I do think that for some people, like, the, the themes were kind of lost because of that, I guess. But, like, I still think that in general it was a, a strong season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that, like, you know, I want people to watch it legally, right? Like, I want get it to be accessible legally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, definitely, you know, if you like the first season um uh, the look and everything of course has evolved a lot as like different people are on the staff and stuff um if you are looking to watch stuff off of crunchyroll then i would say the stronger seasons that people love to talk about are fresh precure hard to catch precure and go princess precure okay all right man i have a lot yeah yeah, see, I'm looking at it now, and I actually <laughs> realized that Hug Precure was directed in part by Sailor Moon director Junichi Sato. So I'm yeah, like, wow. Yeah, he is, <laughs> yeah uh, Sato is like just a magical girl god, mm-hmm. right? Because he did, yeah, he did Sailor Moon, he did Doremi at the beginning, he did Magic Users right. Club, um, lots of stuff. He is directing Wata Primagi, which just started mm-hmm. airing. Um, yeah. So like it's just yeah, yeah he he's a great force and he, he's amazing because he's a you know he's a male mm-hmm. director but his like basic thing is he talks to women <laughs> and figure. gets their thoughts and he like yeah amazing <laughs> like he he's so good at doing these series for girls because he talks to women he works he collaborates with women um and I just think it's like yeah. he's amazing. I love him so much. The bar yeah. is so low, <laughs> but that is great. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, Hug Precure is mm-hmm. also uh it's a good mm-hmm. season. Um I would say harder to watch if you don't like babies because there's a prominent baby. Got it. In okay. Movie. Well if the baby's cute, I'll like it. But if they're not, maybe not. Um but <laughs> all right, yeah. It's also also uh, directed Princess Tutu, which you might have mentioned, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah, I think definitely I'm gonna skip around on this and, and probably catch up. You know, it's funny, I'm looking at it. There's like eight hundred over eight hundred episodes and I'm like, we don't talk about it enough. Like people talk about like one piece, but like you don't hear about like pre mm-hmm. pretty cure, pre cure. Um Yeah, I think part of it is like unlike one piece like one piece is this huge Mm -hmm. narrative following the same characters as far as i know i don't Mm -hmm. watch one piece but um you know precure is a a whole series of spinoffs so you can start from episode one of any season except for episode uh, season two and season five those are the only ones that are sequel seasons um after otherwise just jump in wherever and you're good like that's why i said you know watch the openings any opening that speaks to you like oh this i like the themes i like what's going on i like the style mm-hmm. whatever that's okay. the one you should watch like thank you sure. i'm, I'm yeah. gonna try that and see what happens i'm excited definitely yeah. watch it. um <laughs> what would you say is your favorite piece of nerd merch that you own um hmm i know you're gonna know. ask this question and then like <laughs> got caught up in the I natural think... girls <laughs> 
so I'm a big fan of like functional merch for the mm-hmm. most part. Like I love merch that I buy that I can use, like a good notebook or folder or something. Um, but I would say, hmm, I think more recently my obsession has been collecting books, like Magical Girl books. Um, so I have, well, there are only three Sailor Moon novels, but I have all three of them. Um, and then I have all the pre-care novels. Um, I accidentally bought one of them twice, <laughs> which is cool, whatever, it's nice. fine. Um, and um, I've been, like, some of the older ones are harder to get. And, um, like, for example, Magic Users Club, which I just mentioned before, there are four novels and it's been, like, impossible to get my hands on the last one. Um, but the... Um, like, it's, like, really interesting to see that particular section of Magical Girls because Magical Girl novels are usually only translated if they're the darker kind, like Raising Project or Madoka or, um, yeah, even, like, I mean, Olga's the Wandering, which is kind of a Magical Girls. It's, like, that's a fantasy more than anything, but, like, that is also, um, you know, with for an older audience. So those get translated, but... The ones like Precure, where uh, like the reading level is like junior high school, those never get translated. And so that's something that I am personally trying to work on. That's like one of my my dreams, I guess. <laughs> to translate it or to get that book? <laughs> oh, um, well, mm-hmm. both, I guess. I mean, like for, so for Precure, for example, I already have all the books. So it's just a matter of like, you know, talking to people, um, getting the idea out there like hey like Kodansha you're oh, sitting on yeah. this gold mine like again Precure is this huge series absolutely none of the comics have been translated none of the books have been translated and there are tons of both so it just like just I don't know I, I don't know what they're doing <laughs> I don't know what the logic is there but it's it is yeah no Kodansha is sitting on so many gold mines and they definitely should because yeah like you said it's huge especially after last year like translating them and i think we'll even bring a bigger audience like i would be interested in reading it as well because um i know i just get through series so much quicker when i read sometimes and i would i would enjoy that mm-hmm. yeah so you know Precure is a series where it's like animation focused first mm. so the comic is you know printed concurrently in nakoshi magazine got it and the, the artists, the Kamikita twins, uh, who are so awesome, they, you know, work with them to, like, have a generally same vibe going in their comics, but it's not going to be, like, a one-for-one because there are 12 months in a year, and that's how long the series is also, which is, like, almost sometimes up to 50 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and then there's, like, a little bit more after that. Uh, the Kamikita twins are also doing the Naomi Osaka Magical Girl comic, oh, which yeah. is so amazing. I want to read it so bad. <laughs> it's so good. Like, that's one where, like, I'm, like, knocking down Kotancha's door. Like, let me translate this one. It's <laughs> oh so good. Gosh. Everyone needs to read it. I want to read it so bad, um, but I can't find, obviously, a translated yeah. version. And Naomi's also a Sailor Moon fan, so it makes me really happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And her like, sister as well, Mari. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, Mar- uh, Mario Osaka is doing the uh, the story um, supervision mm-hmm. for the comic. Right. So um, it's very much like the you can see the elements that are based on their real life, but it's also like a giant space tennis opera. Like it's totally what? wild. It's um, it's also it's very um, 
It's honestly very Avatar The Last Airbender in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. That is like but, blowing my mind. I did not expect that. I thought it was like a slice of life tennis series, like no, a sports is, drama. It is magical. <laughs> magical space tennis is the whole thing. Um, it's wild. You know, there's there are aliens, there's magic, um, elemental tennis. And at the same time, there's also all these like cute things about um, just seeing the family together Um they like even though it's set in space and so they're not from earth they still manage to write the characters in a way that like make naomi still very unapologetic let me say that again unapologetically japanese in a way that like makes me so happy as a fellow half japanese person because i know i mean naomi is a lot more famous than i am so she gets a lot of flack from both Japanese and non-Japanese people about her identity in a way that's so frustrating. Um, And it's just like to see this kind of writing, to see, you know, people coming together to make this amazing story makes me so happy. I mean, when it debuted last year, like, or no, actually it was this year. Um, It's been a long (laughs) year. Yes, yes. Uh, And when it debuted, like having her on the cover, I was just thinking about like all the half Japanese kids in Japan reading Nakayoshi could see that like it just made me super happy like I already know about kids who are really obsessed with the comic already like other like younger half Japanese kids and it just makes me it makes me so happy that that that's a thing that exists now (laughs) that's so true you know I actually didn't think about you know the kids that are in Japan seeing this like that must that is awesome because I know they go through a hard time too um Mm -hmm. being black and Japanese and so Man, that's awesome. I didn't think about it from that representation stand. And that, that makes me really happy, um, even happier. Because yeah. I was just like, oh, like Naomi's getting a manga. And like, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, she gets to represent, you know, both sides of herself. And I'm Haitian. So I'm always like, yeah, she's Haitian. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But she really does like represent both sides. And it's really sad that she gets slack, you know, from um, all different people. You know, it's like, you're not. Mm-hmm. this enough or that enough and it's like just let her be she's she is who she is like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah gosh the think pieces that came out after the olympics yeah. made me want to pull out my hair oh, <laughs> but um yeah like you know it's i mean i'm not black so i can't speak personally to the black and japanese experience uh, my father's white but you know being mixed in japan is a very complicated thing um, and, you know, there are definitely a lot of levels to it, like, depending on, on how you look and so on. But, like, it's funny because I know people who do, don't know that Naomi Osaka is Black. Really? Yeah. Um, like, they'll think of her as being, I guess, quote, unquote, just Japanese. Okay. Um, because uh, her, I mean, her skin tone is like, there are Japanese people with two Japanese parents right. who have that, that uh, you know, like, skin That's tone. That's true, right. So... Um, so I think that's the main reason why, but obviously in more recent years, like that's, it's been discussed more. So like people generally do, uh, know about that again, also because of all the racists, but, um, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's really nice to see that again, that representation, just not just for black and Japanese kids, but other half Japanese kids as well, because, you know, there are a few people, you know, in the media, but for a long time, it was just focused on, like, like in fiction, especially, the people writing half-Japanese characters has been a mess and a half for generations. <laughs> yeah, the Black representation I can speak to in, in 
Japanese uh, animation has not always been great. So I'm happy to see better yeah. ones so far lately. And now that, you know, seeing uh, Naomi creating a character and Mari creating a character is really cool. But yeah, I'm like, even so, I'm so happy. I really, this whole time I thought it was like a sports series, like IQ or something. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh my God, it's in space. There's magic. We got elements. Avatar, the last airbender. Like what yeah. is going on? <sighs> now me osaka is a magical girl it's oh official. my gosh i love that yeah we i i really um yeah. really 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 uh need to read that i really need them to translate it <laughs> or i need to yeah. learn i mean again i am i am available i am willing. right I, I would love to translate it you know <laughs> throwing that out there <laughs> yeah definitely yeah i mean i like if uh, I know there are like um, I know some prominent Black and Japanese translators mm-hmm. that probably would be better off uh, doing it maybe, but like yeah, just generally it needs to get out there. So someone needs to do it, and yeah, she's so popular and she's so amazing. So yeah, it just made me so happy reading it. I, mean, I pre-ordered as soon as Volume One was made available to pre-order. I I just like put that in the cart, you know. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. That is amazing. Yeah, definitely need. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you could talk about yeah. this all night but or all morning for you um and do you have any other favorite anime that's outside of the magic girl genre um i really yeah when it comes to japanese series um i guess my other really big love right now is love live um it's a you know, school oh. idol meta series about 10 years old now um the four wait yeah, the fourth season. No, hold on. One, two, three, four. No, six. The sixth season is currently airing. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it's just like, I mean, it's kind of similar in a way to Magical Girls in that they wear cute costumes. There's no actual magic, but they're you know doing their best. They're fighting to like uh, do their best in singing and performing, and you know, getting pleasing the crowd, I guess, and all that stuff. So like, that series does. Uh, generally make me happy I guess that series really filled the hole in my heart that Glee left behind when I decided to stop watching Glee so it's like the same vibe for me I love Um, that (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Um, because I grew up in the theater like I did theater for 10 years Mm -hmm. so uh you know it's like not singing well because I was like a kid but you know doing musicals and all that stuff like I love I love that the theater I love the stage and stuff like I just um and so I love the idea of like singing and dancing on stage, something I could not do because I, I was not good enough. Um, but um, I really appreciated that. Like, like I, I appreciate that kind of story, I guess. So I really love that series. Um, and they're starting to get more representation in that series as well. Same as, uh, as Precure. So that makes me happy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I just looked yeah. it up. It looks really cool. And yeah, I'm I'm yeah. totally with this. This looks fun. Um, and that's I think the other thing, maybe the reason why I love it so much, it's like it is a it is a series uh, for an older male audience, but there are no male characters, and ooh. there have never been male characters in the whole series. It's like one of the movies, two dads kind of show up, but you don't even see their face. Wow, they were like <laughs> men do not exist in this show. <laughs> exactly it. it's amazing <laughs> i love it also there 
I mean, in recent seasons, they're starting to do a little bit more of this, unfortunately, but at least from the beginning, they weren't really sexualizing the characters as much in the animated series. So, like, that was something I really appreciated because that's usually why I don't watch stuff for an older audience. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that also can be a turn off for a show for me, too. But, yeah. yeah. Um, what show would you suggest for someone who hasn't watched a Magical Girl show by some cow? And wants to get into the genre. <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, you know, there are many different kinds of magical girls. Of course, we've been talking mostly about the, uh, you know, battle heroine type of mm-hmm. series that, uh, you know, especially the team based one that like Sailor Moon really uh, sparked off. But earlier magical girls, like I kind of I guess it depends on what you like, because earlier magical girls, like the origins of magical girls is like uh, Bewitched and Mary Poppins, uh, I Dream of Jeannie. So they're like, those are all women, of course, but the idea of like the like kind of troublemaker woman who you can use magic and like, causes shenanigans and stuff. Like that's definitely more of the air of the vibe of earlier magical girls, um, except that they're like in elementary school and it's only one magic user. They have a bunch of friends so the main character. I mean, Sally the Witch starts with this girl up in the magical world saying, I don't want to do my magic homework. Let's see what's going on with humans. And it's like this huge series. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, yeah, it definitely, I think would depend on what genres they like and that'll kind of like, because Madoka's, I'm sure, is, is much different from, like, a pre-cure from, I guess. And, like, those are different mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. Sally the Witch. And, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe if you've truly never seen any Magical Girls, I would recommend uh, watching Doremi, like, Ojemajo Doremi or uh, Magical Doremi, as it was called mm-hmm. in English. Um because that has a really great balance of both the classic idea of uh, like the slice of life aspect where most episodes, rather than there being like a monster to fight, there's a conflict, like a regular social conflict that they deal with in the school, um, you know, usually between classmates or something, and uh, sometimes between each other. But there are also really cute transformations and they're they're using goofy magic. So like if you watch that and you think, wow, I want to see more stuff with like because there are sometimes kind of evil people to deal with. I want to see more of that kind of fighting. Then you can go more into battle heroine. But if you just want the slice of life stuff, then you can go more back into earlier magical girls um, to get that. Thank you. I think that makes sense. Um, And then just like Sailor Moon Hatter, Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode um when you came to the u.s i guess you this is what you would have seen <laughs> oh this is the the, de- yeah. the dub version um we have what would your right, phrase right. be so sailor i says um oh we haven't talked about my weapon oh again, yeah so. i'm so sorry man <laughs> there's so many things to talk <laughs> That's okay. about yeah. i know it's been it's been a long chat but i don't mind yeah if you, if you want to talk no about it, definitely i definitely want to talk about it i like was so excited about it and i just okay. got caught up in like podcasts and then we were talking <laughs> about magical girls and all these things but yeah and then yeah but yeah so yeah tell me about your magical girls series web series web comic <laughs> um so i have like a billion ideas for web comics but I specifically wrote this one, which is called Summertime Henshin, to be a short series. Like, ideally, I wanted, I think when I first came up with the idea, I wanted it to be something that would 
take place over the course of a summer and therefore be released over the course of the summer, but I, that's not feasible. So, um, right now, uh, I, I have like several chapters storyboarded and even more outlined, but, um, you know, it's, it's basically right now it's kind of slowed down just because I have to pay my bills, but, um, Summertime Henshin is a combination of magical girls and science fiction. So like on the science fiction side, the influence is definitely, um, like alien resurrection and, um, also Douglas Adams work. Um, so like, um, yeah, just, uh, like the, I guess kind of maybe not as serious kind of can't be sci-fi but um the basic idea of it is uh just the idea of like magical girls who were uh made to be magical girls so like literally born uh to become magical girls and were scientifically engineered um so it features the main characters are uh, seda and saki who are sisters and um they live in new york city and um uh, but they're but they are Japanese and they live with a, a guardian there and um, their parents are back in Tokyo. But uh, as they're there, they um, they discover like one summer it turns out that some aliens are showing up and that's when they find out that they were actually made to fight these aliens, but they were kind of backup creations and the true perfect one was uh, the true perfect magical girl was already made but was kidnapped so they have to find her uh somewhere in new york and um meanwhile there's also there is also a fourth group girl in the group who was the mistake and um she's also there to uh cause her own trouble <laughs> she she decides to show up in new york also and um it's just like i guess it's a, a kind of mostly a story about I mean, it is like about fighting aliens, but it's also about um, like discovering yourself, uh, discovering um, more about like who you want to love and uh, what love is, I guess. And um, also like a story about, I guess, connection to culture and what that means, because like the two girls, much like me and my own brother, um, have very different connections to Japan because of their ages when they first moved to New York City. So like the older sister, she is still fluent in Japanese. She has no trouble like consuming Japanese media or talking Japanese with her cousin. But um, the younger sister doesn't know any Japanese and is in fact getting ready to start studying for the first time. And she's, you know, she's having a lot of feelings about that as this well. This sounds so interesting. I also, for people who may not know, Doug Adams wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I'm just thinking like a magical girl series with like that kind of inspiration on it just sounds super exciting. Um, I really hope like rent is always <laughs> just like annoying and in the way of all of our dreams, but I hope you can get back to it soon. Cause yes, it sounds yes. really good. Um, it sounds really, really good. And I like like yeah. what you sent me before. I don't know if this is the complete the story still because so like aliens kidnap her boyfriend as well. Mm -hmm. That just sounds like funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts off yeah, that's mm -hmm. when the aliens first show up, they they kidnap um yeah. <laughs> they kidnap Sada's boyfriend and it's uh 
you know, so she has to go, um, that like, she doesn't really, she's not interested in becoming a magical girl, like summer vacation just started, but, um, you know, her sister insists because it's her sister's dream, like the younger sister, Mm -hmm. Sunky is obsessed with magical girls. And, um, so they, they have to like, it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, it's not a choice. Your boyfriend's going to die. So (laughs) you have to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. And there are like good aliens as well and stuff Mm. like the allies and. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Just like the, because I mean, you know, everyone, even if you have power, especially if you weren't like, you didn't get to choose it. Like, it's not necessarily like I'm gonna be a superhero. It's like, no, I don't really want to. But I like that the the uh, the idea of like something like forcing them to be like, all right, now I have to like go save this person. Like, I have to use my powers and figuring yeah. that out. And I think and it's. I mean, that's a really good start, and I'm I'm really excited. Um, I hope you can get back to it soon. Yeah. And thank you for bringing it up because my brain is not the best. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. yeah, I know it's like we've been chatting a while. So Perfect. yeah, I am. I really, really like this story. I mean, most of my stories I came up with in high school, but this story in particular, I first designed it about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. So I have just been wanting to, um, wanting to like do, uh, to create it for a while and like, I, I just like deeply love my characters, you know, so um, most of my other story ideas are very long. So this one is meant to be maybe 10 or 12 chapters at most. Nice. Yeah. And do you have, um, have you working on scripts or like where in the process are you on this? That, I'm trying to figure out like when can I read it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the so the plan is uh, once once I finish chapter two is when I'm going to start releasing chapter one is the plan. But um yeah, I want the the current plan is to have it both available as a PDF to buy right away and then also release it for free on Webtoon in parts. And um, I'm going to, yeah, I hopefully, at least by the end of the year, um, I like, you know, every day I try to work at least a little bit on it, like at least in writing, uh, if not doing storyboarding and uh, then sketching out the panels again, um, stuff like that, because my storyboards are very very goofy (laughs) um but I kind of have a process of like writing the outline for the chapter then storyboarding it and then writing the specific text um and then working on the sketch after that so I kind of really see how much I could actually fit into the page um yeah so it's like so the first chapter is completely sketched out second chapter is storyboarded and up to 10 chapters have been outlined nice that yeah, makes all the sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. So I will, um, I'm a lookout for it by the end of the year. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. And I'll definitely <laughs> amplify, you know, share it on our, our page for anyone listening, you know, definitely check. I use Instagram, Twitter, and social accounts and check ours and we'll definitely support. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to read it obviously. Cause I'm, I'm already excited. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Just like Sailor Moon. <laughs> here. Um, did you think of a Sailor Moon says phrase in this time? Yes, yes. Uh, so my sailor says, my sailor mm-hmm. Ayu says is, um, you know, you should always do your best, but it's always okay to ask for help when you need it. Yes, definitely. I wholeheartedly agree. We are not meant to do all the things alone all the time. So, yeah, I, I love it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, And then what's next for you and where can people find you? 
Uh, yeah, so next for me, I mean, I am still every week releasing episodes of Sparkle Side Chats. Um, and uh, despite rent things, that's that's never going to stop. Luckily, I'm really, really happy about that. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the comic Summertime Henshin, hopefully by the end of the year. Um, I'm trying to aim for, you know, n- November, but we'll see. Um and uh, yeah, I'm working on some writing. I'm talking to translators, so hopefully, um, hopefully, some projects will will t- t- pan out in those directions. Um, I'm also, you know, always doing art. Uh, I release, I I paint uh, digitally, so I, I release a new painting every week. And um, right now it's October, so I'm doing Magical Girl Witchtober which is uh, just witch or like wizardly magical girls um, and some magical boys. Uh, so that is my, my art prompt thing. Just like very, very silly cartoony sketches, like not, not very serious drawings of the characters, but it's just something to like get stuff out there. So yeah. it's been fun. And I saw you have a print of Rina <laughs> Sawayama and she's also a Sailor Moon fan and the print looks yeah. awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I actually have two prints of Rina. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, so right, well, <laughs> you can get both if you I want. I will link to both in the uh, in the description below for anyone interested. They look really cool. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, she's also Sailor Moon fan. And I'm excited. Is this Lil Nas X? I'm on your website now. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, man, this, yes. I do have a Lil Nas this X painting. This is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, so my my personal Twitter is at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. And the podcast is at Magical Girl I-U, spelled A-Y-U. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. And I'll definitely link to both of those down below or tag my my very great editor will drop them down for me. And <laughs> yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. This was awesome. I love hearing about your webcomic, about Sparkle Side. I'm looking forward to joining you on your podcast. Yeah. About Africa, <laughs> and it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Very exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, once again, I am Victoria L. Johnson, host of the Salem Fan Club podcast. And you can find me at Miss Old School. It's Old School with a K on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. Also, I forgot to mention this earlier. I didn't know the term Mooney's until I was in my 20s either. So <laughs> we are this one in the same on that. Um, but yeah, and then of course we have merch also at Mooney'sClub.com. And if you, I'm also on TikTok at Sailor Victoria. And of course you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. And that's it. Thanks for listening. And thank you, IE, for coming on the show. Thanks for listening. Bye.